State your name for the record. Jin Erso. Forgery of imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. time ago on a podcast far, far away. Rogue Retake set out to review a prequel that is really the sort of thing everyone wanted from the official prequels. Hi, this is Retake, a show dedicated to the cinematic arts that includes old films, fantasy films, sci-fi films, prequels, Star Wars stories, anything that catches our fancy. I'm TJ, your host, and joining us from the Skywalker family, it is Tim Skywalker Smith. How are you, Tim? Hello, how are you? I'm I'm doing great. You know, 2016 has had its ups and downs, but I'm counting it as a win because I'm playing a new Mario game, <laughs> official, from Nintendo on my phone. Yeah. I went to yeah. the theater and I saw a new Star Wars film. Life is great, Tim. Life is really good. I'm super excited. Man, that is a, a very optimistic way of looking at things, and I applaud <laughs> you for that. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta you gotta count the the things that you like. I mean, I come on, honestly, I who would have thought Say two, three, well, when did the Disney announce, before Disney announced that they took over Lucasfilm, who would have thought we would be seeing new Star Wars films and excited about them on top of that and loving them? Who would have thought, Tim? Yeah, you see, I, I would have I would have told you that that must have been a you know an alternate universe or something. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But here we are uh, with the announcement of, like you said, a prequel, which <laughs> I didn't even realize was a prequel until much you know, much later, uh, that, that, that is my problem, but, uh, with a prequel and it was, it was great. Yeah. It was, was it was actually, I was telling my wife, this is exactly what I wanted. We walked out of the theater, we both went to see it and I told her, this is what I wanted in tone and in feel and in style from the prequels that George Lucas gave us, which they, the, the prequels weren't, they were basically Anakin whining for three movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and, and this this was nothing like that this was everything this was this was far better than i would have ever imagined that a star wars film after the original three could have ever been and and in fact uh we'll we'll get into it more but i i i may i may rank this above return of the jedi slightly and and it's there is no star wars film that's greater than empire strikes back for me but this film gave me a lot of stuff that i was looking for I think you might have liked it a little tiny bit more than I did, but I, I, oh, I'm looking forward to hear your thoughts. Well, it could just be the high that I'm on. <laughs> it's Star Wars is my drug, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about Rogue One. Uh, it was released on December 16th, just a few days ago. One of the few new films that we're doing on retake. Uh, the director was Gareth Edwards. Uh, The production budget was $200 million, and thus far, it has grossed $339.4 million. It has a pretty large cast, at least, of people, faces that you will see in the the movie and that are a primary part 
of the film, such as Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, uh, Wen Jian. I'm sorry, I didn't practice that name, and I, <laughs> I'm really bad at foreign names, unfortunately. Ben Mendelsohn, Forrest Whitaker, uh, Riz Ahmad. Ah, uh, I don't know. Mads Mikkelsen. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. There you go. Yeah. Um, you're, you're better at that than I am. Mads Mikkelsen, Jimmy Smits, Alistair uh, Petri. I should not. Uh, I should not be saying these things. <laughs> uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, James Earl Jones, Ingvild Dela, and Guy Henry. And the composer was Michael Giacchino. And Tim, this story, you may not have known that the Rebel Alliance had to make a risky move to steal the plans of the Death Star, and it would set up the epic saga to follow. <laughs> yes. You may not have known that about this film, but now you do. <clears throat> I do. I do know that. So, Tim, what, what, did you, what did you think about this film? Tell us. Let us inside of your head a little bit here. What, <laughs> what, is, what are you thinking about this film? So, I like, well, I liked it. I liked, liked it, it, but you didn't love it. You just liked it. I, I didn't love it, but I, but I really, really liked it. Okay. Um, and, uh, so I'll, I'll start with a few of the things that, um, that I really liked for me, uh, you know, a big, a big deal was made about the fact that this movie was not going to have a crawl. And, mm -hmm. and I thought that that was going to be a big deal and it turned out not to be a big deal. It still yeah, it's still felt like, like Star Wars, even though it didn't have a crawl. Well, let me let me tell you why I think it didn't have a crawl, or at least I I saw this theory being tossed around, and I I like it, and that is that this movie is the crawl, right? It is the opening <laughs> crawl for Episode right. Four. <laughs> yeah. In that, fact, let me let me sense. just let me just read real quick, and then we can go back into your thoughts. But let me just read the opening crawl for Episode Four: A New Hope, and this it's, it's like it rings with a new sense of what this like you have more perspective uh, it says it is a period of civil war rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil galactic empire during the battle rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the empire's ultimate weapon the death star an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet pursued by the empire's sinister agents princess leia races home aboard her starship custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy I mean, that's basically Rogue One. That's the Rogue One is the opening crawl. <laughs> I mean, isn't it amazing that they made a movie out of two sentences? Yeah, well, three, it, but it, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, two or three sentences inside of the, you know, that, that opening crawl. I think that's amazing. But when, but when you think about it, when you break down the opening crawl, there's actually a lot there. I mean, yeah, they there's set a up, lot of information. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, they, they stole the plans. Well, how did they do that? Can you tell us a little? Elaborate, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they did. And they did. So uh, continue. I, I I will try not to interrupt you like that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a little giddy. So the the other thing that I really liked was understanding what the Death Star is is made with. Uh, was Kyber cool. crystals? Yeah, I um, it, it was fascinating to get a little bit more into kind of uh, you know, deeper Star Wars nerdy things like the Kyber yes. crystals, yeah, and and where they come from, and and why that's so important. Um, I loved the fact that they addressed one of the major plot holes that I know a lot of us Star Wars fans have complained about over the years, mm -hmm. which is the fact that the first Death Star was, was it, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, was kind of easy to destroy, <laughs> well, right? I mean, two, two proton torpedoes from a, from a little bitty, you know, fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, 
and and I loved that this story, I mean, added so much more context to A New Hope. I I, I think yes. it's amazing that that this um I, when I think about it, uh, I think none of the prequels of the official prequels ever added anything, in my opinion, to the original trilogy. Not a thing. And and I mean, you can debate me on that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, please don't send me, please don't send me email. <laughs> but like, I I don't feel send, send your hate email to no reply at somewhere dot com. I I don't feel like I watch the prequels. And suddenly have so much more information about this, about this universe, about, you know, like Not it, it doesn't help the story, in my mm-hmm. opinion, uh, of the original trilogy. Whereas this movie does. This movie helps me appreciate the original saga so much more because of yes. that one explanation. And and, you know, it's such a it's such a powerful statement that, you know, the movie makes about really about ethics and, and, um, yes. uh, you know, how to oppose villainy. Um, and, <laughs> and, and that's, that, that's amazing. I, I love that. Um, yes. I, I also loved Vader. Uh, oh man. Oh man. I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that you had the chance to bring back Vader and you brought him for two scenes of the movie. <laughs> That, well, that upsets it, it, me. Okay, I, I get where you're coming from, but I think it would have been a little strange if he had been like the key thing throughout this movie. I, I don't know, maybe not. But I, I feel like it, it worked really well because it kind of it's almost like if you think of this as flowing into the next movie, you have no other context. And I know you can't really do that, but if you think of it in story as flowing into the next film, you're kind of introducing us just a little bit to Vader, and he's going to become a key plot point. And it, it just you know it makes sense. Uh, and, and the scenes that he were in, oh man, uh, this is uh, one of the things I wrote down. Uh, this is vintage Vader. This is Vader yeah. from, and, and it's even it's even not really Vader from A New Hope so much as Vader from Empire Strikes Back, um, yeah. where yep. he's 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 making these little quips. So what was it when uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character Krennic he comes in and he he says, "Well, uh, I'm in an awful hurry" or, or something like that, and Vader's like, "Oh, I'm sorry to keep <laughs> you and impose myself upon you," and you know, Krennic's just quaking because that wasn't that at all what he meant, you know? Right. <laughs> and and the whole thing, like you know, Vader is just this imposing presence on the screen, you know, the the way we remember him from Empire Strikes Back mostly. And it's so great. And even, you know, some people complained about the uh, bringing in the Imperial March before A New Hope. Uh, and it was just an undertone just to kind of, but but it really, the Imperial March is really Vader's music. And right. and I, oh man, I, it just brought chills to me. I was like, yes, this is, uh, ooh. and I didn't really know like what uh, we were going to see of Vader. Because obviously the, the, the trailers hinted at it just a little. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, maybe there was a trailer with full on Vader, but I was avoiding them at some point. But the the trailers yeah. hinted that we would see Vader, but we weren't sure. Like I was expecting to maybe just see just a, a, a glimpse of him in the distance, or maybe hear him on the comm, or see him on a a, a a communication or something. But no, you know our our main bad villain for this film goes and is is uh, aspiring to be greater, uh, you know, with Vader. And uh, 
And Vader has a, a quippy line about that. And I, I'll admit that line is a little bit more quippy than we've ever heard from Vader. You know, be, be careful oh, not to choke on your please. aspirations. I but love that line. I did too. I loved it. I, it I was cannot, amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why people were complaining about that line. It was just so good. I mean, the, the only thing that I will say about Vader is I, I personally feel like you can tell James Earl Jones is getting old. Oh, it, yes, just you can. By, you know, just by the intonation of the voice, but, but, oh, it was just so good. But he, look, the, the, here's why, here's why I wanted more Vader and, and I'll, I'll give my justification as to why I think he should have been more in this movie. And, and the reason for that is getting into one of the controversial things about this film, which is the CGI version of Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm. Now, now for me, I, see, I have a feeling you and I are going to part ways on this <laughs> for me. For me, Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, I thought it was awesome that they brought him back. I, I, I thought that was so great. Um, mm-hmm. The CGI work on him was excellent, in my opinion. It was yes. not distracting. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that it was distracting, that that it took you out of the film. I did not feel that way. I thought no, that it I was done either. very, very well. And and I don't know how he did it, um, but... But Guy Henry, if if he's the one that did the voice, I think he's the one that did the voice. He is. Uh, yes. Did did an excellent job. At it sounded nailing. like Tarkin. Yes, it yeah. it sounded it sounded just like Tarkin. However, I would have loved to see one scene, maybe two, with him, and and I feel like that's why Vader could have been in the movie more. He could have taken over some of these scenes that Grand Moff Tarkin was in, where you know we already got the the nostalgic part of it. It was great, but let's use somebody that's still alive. James Earl Jones is still alive, and he can yeah. do the Darth Vader voice. Like, and we can have why, anybody under the suit. Exactly. Know, why? Why? Why not? Why not take advantage of that opportunity? So I, um, I, I don't. I'm not going to disagree with you as much as I thought. I really thought. Here's here's how well they nailed Tarkin. I went into this movie not knowing who we were going to see, not knowing who was completely... Same here. Spoiler yep. alert, not knowing who was completely CGI. And I, I saw it first with my sister. She was in town. Uh, she doesn't live uh, near me, but we, she wanted to go see it, so I went and saw it with her. Um, and I turned to her after the movie, and I said, uh, Johanna, the, the, who did they get to play Tarkin? Because that's amazing. It yep. looked just like him. And... Yep. and uh, so I, come to, I got home and I immediately started Googling, come to find out he's all CGI. I didn't, it was so well done. And I was so, and I, here's the key. I was so engaged in the story that I didn't notice. Yeah. Now on a second yep. watch, I noticed because I was looking for it. But when I wasn't looking for it, I didn't notice. And every single, can I say normal? Every single normal I've talked to who just goes and has fun at movies, um, <laughs> who's not a geek like me, um, they had no idea. They didn't know. They thought it was wow. a Peter Cushing lookalike. That's how yeah. well done this is. Now, Again, it's not perfect. You look at it, and particularly, this is what's interesting to me, it's clear that they just didn't have the time or budget to go back and re-render and redo his earlier scenes because it's clear that as the movie progresses, it gets better. When you're looking for him as CGI, you can't tell at all by the end of the film, even when you're looking for it. You can tell toward the beginning. I think it was great. I I get what you're saying, that we have an existing character who, the voice actor's still alive, and it doesn't matter who's under the suit, but Tarkin was such a pivotal point in... Uh, the the film that this is a direct prequel to that it leads into, I liked getting the story of Tarkin basically ousting Krennic and saying, you know what, uh, I'm playing a better 
political chess game here right. with with uh, with the emperor and with Vader than you are. Like I thought that was uh, I thought that was good. I enjoyed it. However, 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 <laughs> the CGI of Princess Leia looked like they like they worked on that about an hour before they shipped the final cut of this film. Really? See, I didn't feel that either. I didn't I I wondered on first that watch That looks so bad. Huh, I see. I thought it looked great. Really? Yeah. Well, and again, I, I didn't know she was going to I didn't and I and, and I assumed when we uh, saw the white, you know, outfit from the back, the the this, the Princess Leia outfit from yeah. Episode Four, I thought, oh, we're probably just going to hear her say something, maybe, or yes. we're not even going to see her. But then That's the camera pans for. around, and maybe I was just so like, yes, oh, it's Leia, and oh my goodness, it really is Leia. Like, how did they do that? Like, maybe that was maybe I just didn't notice it, but it, to me, it was like, oh, I'm sold. This is great, and yeah, this is, I, and I it was such a tie. To, I think you might have to rewatch that. Okay. Well, I've watched it twice now, and then again, the second time oh, you can man. tell a little bit. But I, I was sold, and mostly yeah. because how else are you like it, 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 it says immediately. Oh, go watch, go home and watch episode four because now you'll get the rest of the story. That's what right. it says. Right. <laughs> because this is obviously like this is the scene before the beginning of episode four. Like you go, yeah. it, it, it literally butts up together. You know, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm such a nerd, Tim. I'm such a nerd. I don't even care if it wasn't perfect. It, it worked for me. Oh man, yeah. I I don't know. I I was not a fan of uh, of her CGI face. I thought they they nailed Tarkin, but uh, they okay. I, I don't think they did a good job with Leia. Well, in Grand Lucas tradition, perhaps they will go back and release a special edition Blu-ray where they've doctored it up better. <laughs> no, that that era is behind us, DJ. <laughs> Don't don't even don't even suggest that they might get they you know they might hear that idea. Well, and and we won't have any prints of the original, so you'll only have the special editions. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm still I still think Disney will release a restored original theatrical cut of the films at some point, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I I've heard that as well. Um, I, I would love to see that. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, so we've already talked about this being an immediate prequel. The tone was great. It was everything that I ever wanted from episodes one, two, and three. Yep. Um, we've talked about Tarkin and Leia. Um, uh, one, one of the things that is interesting about this being a direct prequel is, and somebody wrote about this, and I thought the piece was rather harsh and uh, a little bit uh, critical and sarcastic, but, and I can't even, I, I read it, and I don't, I'm sorry, the link won't be in the show notes because I can't remember where I read it, and I closed the window and it's long gone. But but basically, it was this. Um, it was a. It, it it was written from the perspective of somebody who was in, in on Yavin Four and went to lunch during the battle uh, for stealing the plans, okay. and then came back after lunch. And so it says it's a note. It, it's a memo to the to the team, and it says uh, something has happened in the Rebel Alliance. When I went to lunch, this place was full of people of color and women and i came back and it's all white englishmen (laughs) (laughs) so so that is a little like and i get the point like that is a little weird butting it right up against episode four like that and then you you got such a strange difference in in the way that the rebel alliance it looks you know and it's it's a little weird what what do you what what's your take on that You see, I feel like that is that is um, making a necessary fix that should have been in the original without going yeah. back and re-releasing it 
as a special edition. Well, well, maybe they can put some CGI characters in episode four with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I think you're just trolling me now, TJ. I am totally trolling you. No, I agree, and that's that's the thing. I, I felt like the um, the article that I read made a good point, but it was a little harsh. But but the point is was well taken, and it's and I think that it's the right thing to do though, I, because you if you were gonna try to make it be your your all white cast basically of the original uh, episode four, like I. I, a, I don't think it'd be well received, and B, I don't think it's the right thing to do because this no. is much more representative of people of of the Earth. Which I know this is in a different galaxy, but we relate to it more when we can see. Oh, this this mirrors. I mean, these are the types of people we see all around us all the time. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, yeah I, I I thought that was funny and and worth talking about, but I I feel like it was the right thing to do for Rogue One. I I completely agree. Felicity Jones. What do you think of Felicity Jones? I thought she was great. Yep. I thought she was great in this movie. Um, I, in in my opinion, there are the the screenplay doesn't. I I don't think the screenplay does the characters around her justice enough. Hmm. Um, but I think that Jen Urso was written very well and was. You know the performance was really was really good too. Um, my yeah. my favorite scene, hands down, is is the scene where we see um, the the hologram of Galen. Uh, yes, you know on Jeddah, and and I think that that's such a powerful scene. It's it's a huge turning point for Jen, and mm-hmm. and I I definitely think that the story does her justice, her character justice, because you understand. You know this trage- tra- trajectory uh, that she's doing in her life. Having said that, um, I, I'm disappointed that I didn't get more out of the characters that were around her. I would have loved to m- learn more about Diego Luna's character. I would have loved uh, to learn a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, of like Donnie Yen's character, or or seeing more of of Forrest Whitaker's character, Saw Gerrera. Um, and, I mean, the the moments that we saw with Sagarera was him talking in this like horrendous voice that I don't understand why he was talking <laughs> like that. You know, um, go go, yeah, save save the dream. Yeah, but <laughs> but Jen Urso was was great, and and uh, I, I think she did an excellent job of carrying this movie. Yeah, I I completely agree, uh, and I think that Jen Urso. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. The first time I watched it, I felt like her transition was a little quick. Like all of a sudden she's this, and now she's that. But but watching it again, the scene that you're speaking of really is, and and I think somehow in my brain it didn't register right the first time. The second time it was perfect. Like she she has this moment with her father, uh, and 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 uh, you know, and she's not present with him, but she sees the hologram of him explaining what was happening. Yeah, uh, and, and and it really is this hinge upon which the entire plot swings, and all of a sudden she she understands th- what the cause is, and that her father actually in in this and, and and on this this is what's great about this scene too is it shows the moral ambiguity, like like rebellions in in the real world would be messy, and so this is messy. We've always seen the rebellion in this kind of black and white picture, like these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. Well, yep. this. This definitely shades that a little in, in a good way. Like it, it asks questions and it makes you ask questions. And so you see him saying, well, I knew they were going to build it with or without me. And so I decided to go build it and plant this, 
this uh, weakness in the Death Star, which plugs that hole that we talked about, that plot hole in episode four, yeah. but it also it also has this morally questionable, okay, if I had the opportunity to go work on this planet-killing machine that was going to destroy millions of people and ultimately, as we know, uh, destroyed Alderaan, and on top of now we learn these cities that it destroyed as well, um, what would be the correct thing to do? And I don't know that I have a great answer for that. I, I, you know, I don't know that I would want to work on the Death Star. But he chose to work on it and plant a weakness that ultimately led to the destruction of the station they were going to build anyway, probably. Right. Uh, and and so you have this moral ambiguity that that the the film is is drawing attention to. And uh, yeah, it's such a great. Oh, and I love that the scene that she's watching this hologram of him explaining why he did what he did and how much he loves her at the same time as the Death Star is parking in orbit and getting ready to fire, you know, and blast the city to pieces. Yeah. And he's explaining why he <laughs> built this planet killing machine, and we're watching the planet killing machine kill a planet almost, yeah. you know, or kill kill a city, um, and and just completely destroy everything. Uh, and and it's and, and then you cut after all that happens, you cut to Krennic saying. Beautiful. It's more beautiful than I could have imagined. <laughs> yeah. It's just so well executed. Uh, great story point, and it really makes you think about what what is really happening here. So, going you know, back to I, what you said, I I think that this really expands your perspective on the war and the stars uh, in this universe in a way that it gives you a, a look in that you've never had before. I I completely agree. I I think that the the choice to make uh, the the rebel alliances decisions at times questionable is mm-hmm. is really great and and it's because i think it's a more accurate portrayal of what real life is like yes um, yes you know just because you are on just because you're on the right side of things doesn't always mean that you'll do the right thing yeah. And I, yeah. I think that that was explained really well, kind of in that scene with Diego Luna, where he gets this information from the sky and then kills him. I, right. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen someone of the Rebel Alliance do that in, no, in any of the movies. Not. Right. Definitely not. So for me that like, OK, he he was he was getting information to stop, you know, the evil in the galaxy in the universe, but at the same time, he killed this guy and he probably shouldn't have, right? Right. Well, and if you look, he made a choice in the moment, and and I don't think this makes it right, but in the moment, like, if, if the stormtroopers hadn't come, it probably would have been fine. He wouldn't have killed him. But the stormtroopers are coming, things are going south, and I think what his, in his snap decision, what his thought was is, I'm doing this guy a favor. He's going to be killed by the stormtroopers anyway. He can't get out of here. And, you know, they may take him and torture him, and I'm just going to kill him. The point, though, there is that, again, doing being on the right side of things, doing the right thing uh, isn't, I don't know, it, like, like you said, it isn't always as black and white as we think sometimes. Right. And, and even people who are trying to do what is right uh, don't always do what is right in every situation. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I think and, that that realism is is very interesting and I think it adds something it adds something good to the movie in in my opinion. Well, and this goes into the broader point, which is not only do we have these morally ambiguous uh decisions being made by people who we want to believe are good and are in the Re- Rebel Alliance fighting for good, 
and fighting against the tyranny of the evil Galactic Empire. But at the same time, we also see this all in a setting that is much more... Basically, it's a gritty war movie, which we've never gotten from Star Wars. And, and I, you know, I joined in the fun when the, this before I saw the film, this headline came out that the, the Rogue One is the first movie that acknowledges that this that the Star Wars franchise is about war. And and then you see these <laughs> these uh, you see these uh, quippy things where people would zoom in on the title Star Wars and they zoom in on war, you know, and it's right. like, what are you talking about? But when you watch the movie, you get what they're saying. Like the, as much as I enjoyed uh, the uh, laughing at the expense of this article with this headline, after I got out of the movie, I'm like, you know, I kind of see what they were getting at because this film really is more than any of the other Star Wars films in the trenches, gritty, dirty war, and right. and it really I think is a much better perspective. Like you know, I I enjoy the fact that Star Wars is a fantasy more than a sci-fi, but I think this dose of realism is nothing but good for that sci-fi and I mean for that fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh so, um I I let's see. What else do I have? Oh, K2SO. We need to talk about K2SO. They they just have a knack for making new robots that are likable. And yeah, I, well, you know, I was I heard before I went to go watch this movie. I heard oh, K2SO is going to be the Jar Jar Binks. Oh. Of Rogue One. He's and, so not. And that that freaked the hell out of me. I see, I didn't even I didn't know who K2SO was. You see, so that, the, I didn't have to worry I, about that. Man, when <laughs> when I heard that I said, "Please no. Please no." Because like I was watching I was watching Clone Wars today. Um uh-huh. not not the movie, the the show on Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there are some episodes with Jar Jar Binks. And I swear to you, I take them off and I go to the next episode. I don't care what I'm missing. <laughs> And how I'm going to make up that continuity that I'm missing in a full episode with Jar Jar Binks, I don't care. I don't want to ever see that character ever again. So I understand. <laughs> when I heard that K2SO was the Jar Jar Binks of this movie, I got really scared. But I thought his humor was perfect. Uh, it was in all the right places. Um, uh, that sounded a little dirty, but I, you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it was appropriate. Uh, Tim. Um, and, and, uh, personally, I feel like his demise, his death was, was the most impactful. I think so. You know, I mean, probably other than Jin, um, but the most impactful death of, of the movie. Well, let's be honest. If you weren't uh, just a little bit teary, maybe, uh, when Jin and Diego, uh, Diego Luna. Uh, sorry, I'm saying the actor's name. Uh, uh, Captain sorry, Cassian. Cassian, yes. Uh, when Cassian Andor, Captain Andor. Uh, so if you're not a little bit teary, and again, we already called spoilers, but uh, when you're not a little bit teary when they <laughs> are basically engulfed by the explosion, uh, your 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 heart. I don't know what's wrong with it, but yeah, but I do it's think that K K two S O was probably even a little more uh, tear jerking, uh, yeah. just because. You, he he's this uh, subversive character where he gets you don't even realize that you're liking him and getting to know him and and just loving him and then yep. all of a sudden he he sacrifices himself and yeah. he has this, this he has this great scene right before he does that with Jin where he said in the beginning of the film you know uh, would you like to know the likelihood that of her or the, uh, what was it was it the likelihood or something it was something reminiscent of what art uh, what C3PO said in yep. Empire Strikes Back uh, of, but of her shooting you with that weapon something like right, that right right yeah yeah and and uh 
you know, <laughs> you know, what are the odds? Would you like to know what the odds are for using that weapon on you? And uh, he doesn't really answer. He says, it's high. Yeah. Very high, you know? And so then, but then Jin is the one that gives him the blaster that he's been wanting. Yeah. He says, you're going to need this. And he just sort of looks at her. And, he, and he's like, you get so much emotion out of that robot face. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. And he's like, you continue to surprise me. You know, yeah. and it's so great. And then, and then he is basically holding down the fort, letting them do their jobs, and he's killed in the line of action. You know, and his last act is to make sure that they can complete their mission. And it's it's yeah. so almost heartbreaking. And you're you're, you're like, <laughs> I'm not crying over a robot. You are. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He really totally stole the show, and it's just amazing because it shouldn't work. He's he's basically a C three PO. Kind of a more um, uh, sarcastic ripoff of C three PO, but it totally works. <laughs> oh, it totally works, Tim. They they had me. They yeah. they they molded my heart in whatever way they wanted to with that robot. Yeah, I I, I really liked it. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah, he was great. But he was so sarcastic. But, but this is the thing. This is the thing I kept saying to as we we're watching this movie, uh, or when we got out of the movie. It's like you know he's so so much more useful. Like he serves the same function as C-3PO in terms of comic relief, but he's a useful droid and C-3PO is not really useful. Right. <laughs> he's just sort of there. And and K-2SO served a purpose to the plot and was helpful. And, you know, he's like, he shows up and he throws that grenade back behind him and he's like, awful lot of explosions for blending in. But yeah. I'll just go wait back at the ship. You know? <laughs> <He Yeah>. just... <laughs> oh man, it's so great. So K2SO, man. Uh, and I'm, I am kind of sad. Like, it, if they hadn't killed him, you might see him maybe later after The Force Awakens or something. Like, he'd just been, you know, somewhere else in the Rebel Alliance. I don't know. You never know. There's no his, chance of that now. Well, uh, you never know. His conscience could have been uploaded somewhere. <sighs> Let's not go there. I, 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 I think that would be weird. <laughs> I Hey, I would believe it, and uh, I would be grateful because I, I loved I loved K2SO. The, the, the other thing that we have to talk about and I think this is where you and I are really going to disagree. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Is the score by Michael Giacchino. I thought, given the constraints that Giacchino was under, given that they had to rewrite parts of the film and reshoot it, and that basically threw everything off, and, and Alexander Desplat, uh, his schedule would not permit him to score it anymore at that point. And so they brought in Michael Giacchino, and he had four weeks, Tim. Four weeks yeah, to score a, this that's film. that's what I heard. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And I, is it, some of it could have been better, maybe. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And I thought it, it gave us a different take on a John, basically a different take on uh, a lot of John Williams' material. He basically rearranged some right. of John Williams' material. And he introduced us a nice new theme, but he also uh, used reused a lot of other themes. We heard the Death Star theme in there, which mm-hmm. makes sense because we're kind of leading in. We heard uh, the Imperial March uh, for uh, an, an undertone of the Imperial March to introduce us to Vader. And and we heard a lot of other good stuff. And I don't know if it's as memorable as I was hoping, but I think it was fine. Okay. And you well, can now slaughter. You can slaughter me. No, no, no. <laughs> I, actually, uh, man, t- turns out that we don't really disagree when we uh, get on the microphone. You know, there you go. I I I pretty much agree with you. I I thought it was okay. Um, it wasn't until really after the movie that I that I read up on the fact that he only had four weeks to do. <laughs> To do the score. So I, I think that that kind of calmed down my uh, initial feelings about it. Uh, given mm-hmm. the time constraints, I think he did a good job. 
Um, and and I also feel like uh, he paid enough homage to yeah. the themes that John Williams did so that it would still feel like Star Wars. Um, uh, yeah, it felt very so, Star Wars to yeah. me. So I, I, I appreciate that. I think my, my, if, 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 if I were to express a disappointment, it would be now I, I can only, it's disappointing to think, man, what could have Michael Giacchino come up with had he been given a proper amount of time? I don't disagree. I, I, I wish I wish we had gotten, and I, I think we will get in, in a future uh, film, whether it's an actual episode, uh, because because we have to face reality. Uh, John Williams will not be with us forever, and I think that Michael Giacchino will probably right. get a chance to score a episode. But I think he'll also probably get a chance to score other with proper time frame, score other Star Wars spinoff stories like this, perhaps. Yeah. But, but my, my so my disappointments are twofold though. Even though I thought his score was just fine, one that we couldn't have heard what Michael Giacchino could have done had he had much more time to write scores, right? You know, and and but but secondarily, I love Alexander Desplat's music. I just love his scores as much as I love Michael Giacchino's. And I I was so excited, especially after the first trailer and his take on the force theme and these things. Like I was, oh my goodness, I I can't wait for this. And then he's off the project. I'm like. No. Yeah. So um I I those are my two disappointments, but what we got works well. So I'm not I'm not that disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's rate it. Where where in in terms of Star Wars films, where are you at? Oh man. Well, where, we where didn't you, even get a chance. You, we didn't even get a this? chance to talk about one of my favorite little side plots and and side characters, which oh. is, I don't even know how to say his name. Is it Chirut? Chirut? I don't remember how they said it in the movie. It's it's the uh it's the uh force martial artist. Oh, yes. <laughs> Loved him so much. I'm the force uh, he, and the force is one with me. Uh, I am, yes, I am one I'm with the one, force and the force is with me. Yeah. Yes. I'm one with the force and the force is one with me. And then, I, and then of course, Baze. Like yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Anyway. Uh, yeah. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. But how do we rate this? Oh, boy, Tim. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out my overall ranking of Star Wars films. Episodes one, two, and three are easy. They're in the gutter. Um, <laughs> uh <laughs> Obviously, there's a special love in my heart for episode four, which is the first Star Wars film that ever graced the, the screen. And there is a lot to love about it. But that said, I, I don't think that it holds up as well as I would like it to. The pacing is a little languid at times. The acting sometimes is not the best. The There's things about it that I just don't, you know, I, I wish they were better as much as I love that film. But then you have Empire Strikes Back. It is not only is it a great film, it's one of the one of the great films in just in general, and then it is a great Star Wars film. So it's obviously the highest. Can you tell that I'm really thinking through this? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so episode four, uh, 5, uh The Empire Strikes Back is at the top of the list. But then there's Return of the Jedi, which didn't quite get up to the heights of The Empire Strikes Back, and I'm not even sure I would rate it above A New Hope. Um, I, I maybe would rate them about the same, although there's much to like technically about Jedi and the acting was better. The directing was better. Like a lot of it was better, but it just maybe wasn't quite as, I don't know. Cause you're going into a new hope and it's this fresh, new, cool thing that, you know, this, this, oh, this sci-fi thing, you, you know, I don't know. So I'd say probably, you know, you have episode five and then 
four and six are great films. Kind of not quite as... It's like a pyramid, you know? So then you have... Uh, obviously the prequels are garbage. And then you have The Force Awakens. And I'm trying to remember what I said last time. I talked to you about that film, Tim. Yeah. Do you remember what I said? No. You'll have I want to say... have to play it back. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. I'll have to go and see what I said. I want to say that I placed it maybe my second favorite Star Wars film. Yeah. Uh, because it is really, really good, and I don't agree with all the criticism that it gets. I just don't. <sighs> what that, criticism? Now I, have to, I don't read it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, so now I have to figure out where to place Rogue One, which I love dearly. And I don't I, I don't know, Tim. Did I like it more than The Force Awakens? I don't know. Kinda, almost, not really. I want to say it's as good as The Force Awakens and in a totally different way, in a totally different film. Okay. I loved it about as much as The Force Awakens. So I guess that, me- I, guess that means I liked it as much as episodes four and six. I, I don't know, Tim. It's really hard for me. Okay. Now you tell me your story. <laughs> well, uh, mine's definitely not that long uh, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I've thought about this before. Um, I, I would say that, it, it, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, still number one. Um, after that, it would be Force Awakens. Uh, okay. After that, okay. it would be Rogue One. And after mm. that, it would be four and six. Um, and after that, <laughs> after that, I would put Phantom Menace. Because I, I, ah, no, I, yeah, no, yeah, I'm gonna stand by that one. Better, better than Revenge of the Sith or or Clone uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I really, oh, I, I like Phantom Menace. Um, Phantom Menace is absolute bottom gutter trash, Tim. <laughs> to me, I just can't even with you right now. I, I, if I may channel my inner millennial, I, I cannot even right wow. now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like Phantom Menace. I, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, there are large portions of that movie that I would rip out. Um, like the entire race sequence. All of it. Yeah, the pod race sequence was not good. Um, but, but it has one of the best, if not the best, lightsaber fights in the prequels. Lightsaber I, fights do not make a good movie. I know, I know. They're just but, window dressing. I know, but it, it, was, it was still great. Um, I, I would definitely say that after that has to be, you know, the Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen uh, uh, lightsaber fight. And and I might add, that is good because Hayden Christensen actually, that's the one thing that he knew how to do uh-huh. was do lightsaber fights. <laughs> so it's the only thing he knows how to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, uh, you know, we got to do a show on that because. I, I feel like Hayden Christensen gets a lot more crap than he deserves. I don't really? think yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he gets enough. I, I don't think that he's as terrible as people have made him out to be. You I think it's I, just the scripts. I no, I seriously believe that he had nothing to work with. Uh that's what I mean. You so you think it was just the material yeah, that he had. I, it wasn't him as an actor. I mean, no, I still think that he's not a great actor, but I think I think with a good well, script, he could have done better. You know what I mean? Well, Tim, but, sand is rough anyway. and coarse, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and I've been you know, dying a little bit each day since you came back into my life, Annie. Hey, I <sighs> love that line when I heard it, okay? So I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. 
I remember the I, evens that I don't have that I can't anymore. Those I'm I'm back there again. Look, <laughs> I, I look. I, I'll I'll be I'll be straight up honest with you. Okay, I was I was uh I was like I was like eleven or twelve. Right, well, I think I, I didn't want to I didn't want to bring age into it, but I thought well yeah, you I was, were younger. I was like eleven or twelve when Attack of the Clones <sighs> came out, and I wanted to be with Natalie Portman. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> okay, I okay, all right. I, I get I'm it. So, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't bring myself to hate. I I can't bring myself to hate some of these lines. Some of that corniness is, you know, what what got me through some of my childhood. So okay, all right, know, all right. Hey, well, your perspective is a little different than mine. I'm 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 an adult watching these films, and I just <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I can I can understand. Uh, you know. Um, Sort of. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all right. So you like this film and at least, at least you place this film, The Force Awakens and the original three ahead of the prequels. And you have that going for you, Tim. We, yes. we can still be friends, I think. I think we can, <laughs> I think our, our friendship can suffer this, uh, this, this trial. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, you didn't <laughs> even rate any of the prequels. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying are, that it, I, that I loved any of them, but at least they're on the list, but at the bottom of the list. Is is there a negative scale that I can rate the prequels on? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. If if you're gonna force me to rate the prequels, I'd have to say <laughs> that Attack of the Clones. Um, there's things that I like about it, um, and I certainly love um, uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. Yes. I mean, just love him. I he, I, I wish I wish that he back. had a script. I wish he'd had a script to work with yeah. because he's a fantastic actor. Loved him as Obi Wan. And and, yeah. and that's the great thing. He'll come back because I, I hope to, I because he he came back to record new lines for the Force Awakens. Yes, he did. And and I've I've heard rumor upon rumor about an Obi Wan Kenobi spinoff. And that I think. And oh my goodness, I'm of two minds about that, Tim. First of all, yes, more Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. Yes, but secondly. Uh, what the crap are they gonna do a movie about him? Like, what what did he do? He's in the desert for twenty years. Like, I don't know. Oh, come I guess on. maybe he snuck off and did things, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, uh, I I I'm under the impression that the Clone Wars, which I'm trying to watch right now, uh, yeah. have a lot of his stories. Uh, okay. he's had romances right. before. Um, ah, please. Well, okay. So I know there are rumors. Maybe this is what fuels the rumors. There are rumors about Ray's parentage that go to Obi Wan. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. It, oh, it, it would be awesome. It would we'll be see, awesome. We'll see. I, it would and, be and awesome I, to I, have more Obi Wan. I'll it be would. honest with you. I I pretty much think that the entire the whole Jedi Order is stupid. Like, and in all this nonsense about you know you can't marry and blah blah blah. Like, I no, I reject all of that. <laughs> so so if Obi Wan has a child, that's fine by me. Yeah, is <laughs> is, is that. Oh well, it's still respected as canon, huh? Because that 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 stuff was in the prequel. <sighs> yes, I mean it, it would be weird to throw it all out if it. Was, I mean, because they're the official episodes, but I wish they would have just thrown the prequels out and called them Legends too. <laughs> legends I mean, of the Empire. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would not mind at all if they threw them out and redid them. Um. Yeah, but wouldn't that be weird too? I no. don't know. Boy, this conversation has really taken a nosedive. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's, it's we're still it's talking about Rogue One, people. <laughs> Rogue One, yes. Rogue One was utterly fantastic. Um, I liked it as much as The Force Awakens. You didn't like it quite as much, but you still rated above episodes four and six. I find that interesting. Yeah. Um, so you uh, do you like episodes four and six? I do, I do. But um, 
for me, I feel like, you know, I feel like the original Star Wars still still hasn't found its voice as Star Wars. You know what I mean? Right. And it's weird to say that because like the only one to really have its voice as Star Wars is Empire Strikes Back. So I guess that's the film that sets the tone. (laughs) I I disagree. I, I, I think that. I think that Return of the Jedi is still a, a good film. Um, it is. It is. I, I was know, being facetious. Again, I would I would throw out the Ewoks, but yeah. Um, but hey, I I still think that that is Star Wars being Star Wars. Um, I I just feel like yeah, you know, A New Hope kind of uh, doesn't know what this thing is going to be yet, um, and and obviously because it was it was the first one, so uh, that that's what I that's why I would rate it lower. Yeah, no, I get it. And, and that's some of the same reasoning why, um, again, M- episode four, I think, is a good, uh, for, for what it was and not having anything else around it to kind of hang its hat on. But, you know, it has some languid pacing and different issues that, uh, you know, I think episode five just really showed us what Star Wars was. So there you go. I, I, I In other words, I pretty much agree with your ratings, <laughs> which is interesting, except, except that I would place Rogue One on the same level as Force Awakens, which... right. Yeah, I, I, I really loved it, man. I loved the heck out of it. Yeah. So um, obviously we loved talking about this film and we'd love to hear from you. If you want to uh, continue the conversation on Twitter, that is a great place to do that. Tim, tell the good listeners uh, where in the galaxy far, far away they might find you. I am Smith Timmy Tim on Twitter. And I am TJ Draper Pro. Uh, You can also uh, catch up with the show on nightowl.fm slash retake. And this is episode 15. So if you just put a slash 15 on the end of that URL, you will wind up on this episode's page where you will find show notes and links for all the good things that we talked about. Uh, And uh, that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this episode. Um, We are hopefully uh, going to review... Things are a little bit up in the air right now, but we're hopefully going to review... Uh, a film that I I love a lot called While You Were Sleeping to, re- to, re- to do one last sort of Christmassy film uh, for the season. So that'll be December 28th uh, is when we're scheduled supposedly to do that. But like I said, a few things are up in the air. Stay tuned for that. That is probably what's coming next. Thank you so much for listening. We loved talking about Rogue One and we hope you love listening to us talk about it as well. Thanks for being here, Tim. Thank you. And may the Force be with you. May the Force be with us all. May the force be with us.